Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Dear friends, we are so sorry about the ads. They are a nightmare in every way, but with your donations, we can get rid of ads someday. Beautiful, Kevin. Mm, thanks, Rob. Bach and Harnick are smiling <laughs> so your big hearts right out. now. <laughs> Friends, yes, we are back with a new plea. Much like those adorable puppets from Avenue Q, we are asking for you to give us your money. <laughs> for those of you who have headed over to Patreon to throw a little money our way, we thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Your contributions are the only budget we have for this show, and it provided us a new soundboard and better studio space. So a thank you. Thank you. And as you know, nothing is more fulfilling than talking to the legends of Broadway and hearing them share their thoughts, wisdom, and talents with all of us. However, it does cost money. And if you want to help us keep the show going, please head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Search for Behind the Curtain, and you can give as little as a dollar a month. And trust me, that dollar will help us more than you will ever know. Plus, for certain monetary donations, you will get to pick your favorite thing and have advanced knowledge of our future guests so you can ask the legends your own questions. Ooh. Or you can simply leave canned goods and an original cast recording of How Now Dow Jones outside our doors if you don't want to contribute on Patreon.com. Truth. So once again, please head over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com to help us out. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider, and this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Curtain, and make sure to join our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And follow us on Instagram at Broadway Curtain Podcast. Plus, you can always listen to our podcasts on Broadway World and Stitcher. Today, we are interviewing the incredible Charlotte Ray, who celebrates over 50 years in show business. While Charlotte is best known for her television work on Different Strokes, The Facts of Life, and last week's favorite things, Car 54, Where Are You?, she did get started in the theater, having appeared in the original Broadway productions of Three Wishes for Jamie, Little Abner, Pickwick, the immortal off-Broadway production of the Three Penny Opera, which helped launch the off-Broadway musical movement, and was one of the pioneers of live television dramas, having appeared in, listen to this list, Craft Television Theater, the Philco Television Playhouse, the Colgate Comedy Hour, and the list goes on and on. And if you want to hear more about Charlotte's incredible journey after you listen to the podcast, um, you can hear it in her own words. In her autobiography, The Facts of My Life, which is available not only in print but in audiobook, and that's co-written by her son, Larry Strauss. That's a cool little mother and son job there. Um, originally, we were supposed to go to Charlotte's home, but at the last moment, we could only speak to her via telephone, and it's my car phone at that. Quality is not the best. Kevin and I had a lengthy 1776-style debate about whether or not to release this episode because of the audio quality. But our mission has been to capture the legend's stories in their own words, and we would hate if we were the only folks to have listened to Charlotte, no matter the quality. So, with content over quality as our mantra, here is our interview with the fabulous Charlotte Ray. Enjoy. So my first question for you is, is, growing up in Milwaukee, how did you discover theater? Um, <clears throat> uh, I used to uh, go to the matinee. Uh, in those days, all of the stars, uh, you know, um, the, uh, w w w golly, I can't remember the names, but 
uh, uh, right offhand, but <laughs> they used to tour. Uh, today, you can't even get an actor uh, to go uh, more than a couple of months on Broadway, which makes it very difficult for producers, you know, very difficult. Um, but, you know, in those days, like the, um, you know, the, the wonderful actors, uh, the couple, the married couple. Oh, God. Oh, Lunton Fontaine? Yeah. And and uh, what's the name from the Barrymore family? Ethel Barrymore. Yes. And 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 uh, what the British actress? Well, they all toured. They all toured, and uh, they would get a private car in a train, and and they would mix with all the uh, uh, devotees in every town. They would have luncheons and teas for them, and and it was all a different. Uh, thing and and I I saw many many wonderful wonderful actors in these wonderful plays as I was uh, in high school yeah in Milwaukee they used to come yeah and what did your parents do my father was a he emigrated from uh, Russia uh, the borderline of Poland and Russia. And uh, we're Jewish, and um, he was uh, a tire. He sold tires and uh, eventually had his own tire store. And then he also developed it into home appliances, washing machines and everything like that. Yeah. And is it true that your family knew Golda Meir? My mother uh, grew up in the... she was uh, emigrated in her mother's lap when she was an infant uh, to America, and they settled in Milwaukee, and uh, she was a classmate of Golda Meir. Yes. <laughs> That's very cool. I want to go back and ask you a question really quickly. You said that you saw a lot of, um, of these big stars coming in and touring throughout Milwaukee. Did you have a favorite performance you saw or a favorite performer you saw from your youth. Oh, golly, they were all so good. Yeah. Helen Hayes and um, in Twelfth Night with uh, that British actor, oh, God, they were wonderful. And uh, and then uh, uh, Gertrude Lawrence in a play and uh, um, uh, What's the name? Was wonderful. Uh, the uh, from that same famous family. Uh, the Barrymores. Yeah, she did a, a beautiful play. Did you th- Did you think that you were going to be a serious actress? I mean, you're so known for your comedy, but did you think that you were going to do more dramatic roles instead? That's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do comedy. I wanted to do a serious uh, drama. Yes. Were yes. there any? Yes. Were there any playwrights that really inspired you? Did you think that you, did you think that you were going to go to Los Angeles before you went to New York City? Did you want to be on camera first? No, I was only in love with the theater. But uh, you know, even in New York, television started to mushroom up, and I was in the beginning of it in in New York. And you were. 
but it was theater that I was really interested in. Yeah. How did you get into radio in Milwaukee? Well, I did it for nothing, you know. I mean, it was, uh, I don't know, I just was very, very uh, anxious to 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 be a professional and uh, found out about these uh, radio shows that needed actors and uh, they were public service programs, you know. Mm. And uh, I volunteered, and they, they chose me, so that was good, yeah. And how, how old, were you 16 or so when you were doing this? In yeah. Uh-huh. Were, your, were your parents supportive of you going into the arts and going into show business? Yes, they were. I think that they were so underprivileged as they were growing up. Uh, and, and they wanted, uh, I'm, I'm one of three daughters. And uh, all of us very talented, and they wanted to give us what they never had the opportunity to have. And so my sister Mimi and I went to Northwestern University, and uh, I'll always be eternally grateful to my parents for for allowing me the privilege and opportunity of going there. And uh, my sister became a very successful musician and pianist and composer. And my older sister went to uh, New York and she studied at the school there, all the operas and with with her teacher and made her debut with the Pittsburgh Opera Company. And... uh, and then fell in love, it was during the war, with uh, a wonderful doctor who was in the war, and uh, dropped it all and settled down in Milwaukee and had children and, and did concerts with the Wisconsin Symphony. So, there, so it seems like there was always music in your home. Yes, always. always. You, did you take voice lessons or piano lessons? I took piano lessons, but I didn't like them very much, and uh, unfortunately, I uh, I stopped. The, the, my other two sisters continued, yeah. and uh, and and uh, and. But I, um, what, what did you ask me just now? About oh, I was saying, if you play, did you play piano? No, not really. Great. No. How- how did your family, well, you know what, what were the port players? What was the port players? Oh, my, that was, that was an, an incredible group uh, based in Shorewood. And, and you know, we moved, we, we lived when, until I was 10, or was it less than 10, uh, uh, on top of my father's store on 12th Street. And uh, I loved it there. I loved it because uh, there were kids from all, you know, New Americans uh, came from all over uh, the United States. I mean, uh, Europe, you know, from Greece and Russia and and uh, England and Denmark, you know, all a mixture. And I like I I found that very interesting, you know, and uh, and then we moved to the suburbs. Well, around 10, when I was 10, 
and uh, Shorewood High School, and that's where uh, the poor players were. And uh, and I saved up my money. I worked at my father's uh, uh, in the office there on 12th Street uh, every Saturday, and uh, and they supplemented my uh, uh, m- money so that I could go as an apprentice to the uh, court players and teach uh, LaCosta, Morton LaCosta. Mm-hmm. He was uh, one of the directors and actors, and Eileen Heckert, you know, Oh, wow. Yes, he was in it, and uh, uh, just a wonderful company, and, uh, and 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 we went to class. We had, had a teacher for us, and we learned how to put on the makeup, and we did little scenes, and uh, once in a while, they uh, allowed us to, to do a, a small part on the stage. It was, uh, was just terrific. Just what? What do you think the greatest lesson you took away from the Port Players was? What do you think your biggest educational moment was during that time? I think the most important thing was to listen to the other actors Mm. and to honor the other actors. Uh, You know, instead of, uh, you know, somewhere along the line, you would come across in uh, the future on the stage someone that was only interested in uh, 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 promoting themselves on the stage. And uh, the, the the best thing for the audience is to see the best play. The play is the thing. And you have to honor the play and honor the uh, other actors. And play together, yes. So when you went to Northwestern, what did you plan on studying? What was your major? At Northwestern? Mm-hmm. What was my major? I don't know. I don't see it. Well, you, you, yeah, you focused in, in theater, but no double major. Just theater was the specific thing. You you went with some really talented classmates. You had uh, Cloris Leachman, Charlton Heston, Paul Lynn, Sheldon Harnick. Did you know at this time that everyone was going to be as brilliant as they turned out to be? Well, I knew Sheldon Harnick would be. How did you you first meet Sheldon Harnick? I met him at school. He was from Chicago. And I invited him home for one of the high holidays, uh, you know, for the, the service. And, um, I just knew it. And then, you know, he, he was very reticent about going to New York. He, he played the violin. He was a music major. And, um, I went to New York when I graduated and he stayed in Chicago. And I kept saying, you're, you're more talented than most of the people here who are putting shows on, you really must come. And finally, I nudged him so much that he finally came to New York. And he would go to see everything. He would go, he'd take the cheapest seat 
but he'd go to see everything he wanted to see, what was working and what wasn't working, you know. <laughs> and uh, eventually it all happened for him. And he always, always gives me a pat on the back and says, I owe it all to Charlotte Ray because he made me come to New York. <laughs> so we have to thank you for Sheldon Harnick. No, not really, but I'm very, very, very grateful that I was, I was, uh, a little instigator with him. <laughs> you then come to New York City, and you were in the golden age of television. Yeah. What was, I'm just so curious. You know, you've worked in television for so long. How has it changed from when you first started out to when you're doing television series now? What are the biggest changes? I don't know. I, I don't know. I really don't know what you're talking about. Uh, changes. Um, when I was in it, it was... Uh, I, I loved our series. I thought it was very, very uh, helpful. I know, I know that it happened to be uh, a series about young people. Yes. And, not, and, and boys... Loved it as much as girls. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I cannot tell you uh, the number of of uh, men who told me that they grew up with us and loved loved us so much, and and it meant so much to them. And um, I, 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 we all, there was a series where there were different episodes about death. Death of a parent or a grandparent, mm. divorce, uh, suicide, uh, and we even got to uh, try to encourage people to have a uh, a network where uh, 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 a young student would be on call with a grown up when people and uh, so that they would people should encourage them instead of taking their lives these young kids to. Uh, Falling in and and getting some support, you know. You saved lives. Yeah, we you know we were very 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 uh, involved with young people, very involved, and uh, so I felt good about that. It wasn't just some silly little thing, you know. No, I mean you're doing very very rewarding work. Now at the same time that you're doing your television work. Were you still able to take classes in New York City? Were you still taking singing lessons and acting classes? Or were you so focused on your television work and getting your career started? Well, I, there was a wonderful acting teacher there, Mary Tarsai, T-A-R-C-A-I. And um, I discovered her, and she was simply marvelous and continued to work. Although I must say, I did enjoy the work at Northwestern University with uh, uh, the two teachers there that I studied with. Uh, uh, oh, the one that was famous, what's her name? Anyway, uh, and, uh, and uh, God, the names will come back. That's okay. I want to talk a little bit about your nightclub work. Mm-hmm. How, did you, how did you get into nightclubs back then? What was, what was that process like? Because the nightclub scene is, is very different now. There's very few of them now, but back when, when you were doing this, there seemed to be a ton of them, like the Blue Angel and the Village Vanguard. 
Did you have an um, agent? Uh, actually, uh, for the Village Vanguard and the Blue Angel, um, Max Gordon mm. uh, and Jacoby owned the Blue Angel, and Max Gordon owned uh, the Village Vanguard. And on Sunday nights, they auditioned young people. And I got an audition, and because I saw, I went there and saw other people auditioning and winning an engagement in the Village Vanguard. So I uh, auditioned, and they said, uh, next fall, I'll, he said, uh, Max Gordon said, I'll put you in the Village Vanguard. So I, I went to a summer resort. And I met my future husband there. He was a musical director. And uh, got together um, and asked. And uh, went into the Village Vanguard in the fall and stayed there for, oh, I don't know, about 16 weeks. Oh, my gosh. And Which was terrific. And one, <laughs> one day I went to Max Gordon and said, uh, you obviously like me very much. Um, I was thinking maybe I could ask for a little raise. And he said, you know, I was just thinking of changing the the program and letting you go and putting someone else in. I said, forget the raise. I'll stay. <laughs> <laughs> You're smart, smart business person. Yeah. When did when did it go from uh, Charlotte Ray Lebutsky to Charlotte Ray? Oh, in Chicago when I was going to Northwestern University, I was doing radio work, a little radio work, professional radio work, uh, and uh, I forget the name of the producer, but he said, "No, you can't use Lebutsky." Uh, he said, "What's your middle name?" I said, "Ray." He said, that's it, Charlotte Ray. <laughs> and that was it. And, and we... Oh, yeah. My my father was very hurt. He didn't understand, and I said, I, I don't understand, but that's what they told me. And, and of course, today I could have... I could have kept it, but it's... But, uh... It... It... it it is what it is. In those days, you had to change your name. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, I mean, a lot of performers did that, a lot. How does Three Wishes for Jamie come into your world? Well, I'll tell you, it's a very uh, strange story. You know, I was supposed to do new cases of 1952. Mm-hmm. I was doing backup auditions with Ronnie Graham. And uh, uh, the, the the director writer, uh, oh God, <laughs> he did uh, two on the aisle, and uh, he was very very hot, very 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 uh, successful at the time. Oh God, uh, <laughs> um, what in the hell is his name? He he wrote. All the sketches for two on the aisle. And oh, okay. Well, we'll look that up. That's an easy find. Yeah, and his 
his son is a very successful television. Oh, you're Abe Burroughs. Yeah, right, Abe. And he saw me in a backup audition for New Faces of 1952. And he wanted me for his production of Three Wishes for Jamie. And uh, my agents bullied me into it. I, I didn't want to leave uh, uh, the uh, Leonard Shulman thing. And they said he'll never get his money. And a job in hand is better than ten in the bush. And I was new and young out in New York. And, uh, you know, and they said, you got to take this job with Abe Burroughs. He's hot. And I took it and I didn't, uh, without even seeing what song or what kind of a character, they bullied me into it. And I hated the part. I hated it. I hated it. And I hated it. And I did it. And, and the show was a flop. And uh, and I was uh, and 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 the producer of uh, New Faces, Leonard Tillman, he said, "Well, I don't know who's going to do this material. I don't know who we're going to get because you were supposed to do it." And I was building my hopes around you. And I said, well, Alice Goldstein can do it. And that was the beginning of her career. And uh, and mine, mine didn't move very much from Three Wishes for Jamie. But I was just bullied into it, you know. I'm telling you the truth. No, that, that's fine. Did you, I mean, when you got into rehearsal and you started working on it, did you know that it was pretty bad? Well, for me it was. I loved I loved uh, Anne and uh, Jeffries and uh, the guy who played opposite her. Oh, oh John Race. Yeah, they were terrific. But, I, but the comedy was third rate, terrible. And what? What? It seemed like you were just a, a, a supporting role, like a, a comic relief that came on and told a couple of jokes, and that was about it. And I had a couple of songs. Yeah. But I, oh. it was terrible, terrible. Ugh. Did you did you ever get bullied again like that in your career? Or did you start to take a stand for yourself? I took a stand. Good yeah. for you. You know, a name that comes up so many times when we do interviews is the name Ronnie Graham. Tell me a little bit about Ronnie Graham. Ronnie was the sweetest, most talented guy. I mean, uh, you can ask uh, Mel Mel Brooks about him. I mean. He depended on him a lot. He did a lot of work for him um, in all of his films and everything. Yeah, um, he was very darling, very very brilliant. He wrote wonderful sketches. He acted in them, and uh, years later he directed me on a television series where I played. Uh, different characters, uh, comedy characters. I forget the name of the show, but he, he was the director. And he was multi-talented and was the sweetest, dearest guy in the world. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'm so curious about is, you know, when you started off your career, you thought you were going to do dramatic roles. You really weren't interested in being yeah. a comedian. Yeah. But in 1954, you do a television thing 
it's 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 a stand up routine really about dieting. Yeah, I was the first one to do anything on diet. Yeah. When, okay, so when did you decide to make the transition to being a serious actress to being a comedian? I don't know. How did the dieting routine come about? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think I was having trouble with my own diet, so. <laughs> now, did, did you write it yourself? Basically, yes. Oh, my God. You know, it's still as funny today as it was in 1954. You think so? I, I think so. I mean, your physical comedy is brilliant, first of all. The, the faces and everything is just perfection. But the, the, the structure, the setup is really hysterical. And you were one of the first to do dieting. Yeah, I was the first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so fun. And then the next year, you put out a solo album, Songs I Taught My Mother. Yes, and my uh, husband then wrote all the musical accompaniments. So what was the process of putting this album together for the first time? Did you get friends to write songs for you? Did you pick standards that you really liked? Do you remember how you put it together? Well, there was a guy who uh, mentored us from the record company. Mm. Uh, guy. Oh, a wonderful guy who also managed... Um, the wonderful composer, the French composer, uh, who works a lot with the... the uh, 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 Michel Legrand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he helped us with uh, some of the material. And uh, and uh, I, I just love that album, don't you? Oh, I think it's so fantastic. It's so fantastic. We're going to post it for all of our listeners and make sure that they can hear it as well. Because it's really, it's very versatile, and it's really, really funny. Um, yeah. And the, the, Can we talk a little bit about the Modest Maid song? Oh, sure, but I want you to know that I reissued it. I bought it. That, yes. That uh, company went out of business, and I bought the rights to it, and you can get it through... Uh, Amazon or whatever. Yep, and we're going to post a link for all of our listeners so that way they can go and purchase it directly from there. Good, yeah. Along, and, of course, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but also your autobiography as well. So we'll post two links for everyone so they can get the full Charlotte Ray experience. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm wondering if 1956 was your favorite year because that year, not only do you do the littlest review, you also go into Little Abner as well. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, so, you know, that, was, that was another one I was I didn't really want to do. <laughs> I didn't really want to do it, and and so my friend, the, my lawyer, uh, negotiated with me. I said, "Well, I don't want them to think that I'm turning it down." So ask for too much money, and then I won't have to worry about doing it. And he asked to make sure they gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. Yeah. So, so I did uh, the cartoon character, and uh, I love working with uh, 
the, the director, you know. Yeah. Michael Kidd. Yeah. And the dancing was wonderful. And uh, I just, and the company was wonderful, except that the, the guy who played Earthquake was moving. He was very, 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 very bad with me. Very bad. And, uh, like verbally abusive or physically abusive or just a jerk? Uh, uh, abusive with me, yeah. Oh. But, but anyway, uh, what were you going to say? No, I was just—I was just going to say to you that you know you you played Manly Yoakum at age thirty, um, so I'm wondering you know you're starting to drift further away from those dramatic roles, and it seems like you're doing so much comedy. I'm wondering if you were getting nervous by the fact that you weren't going to—did you feel that you were going to be typecast at some point? Is what I'm asking you. Were you concerned about being typecast as the comedian? Well, I don't know, but I just didn't—I really didn't want to do that show. But I was with it for a year, mm-hmm. and the other the, the people in the cast and Michael Kidd, they were all wonderful, wonderful. And uh, but I, it, it wasn't something I really wanted to do. Of course, let me jump back a little bit. I want to ask you about the littlest review, if I may. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you tell me any stories from working on that, or any memories that you have from working on that? Well, you know, uh, what's her name? You had the great Tammy Grimes. Tammy Grimes, at the time, was in love with um, the man who became her husband, remember? Yes. What's his name? His name, uh, Christopher Plummer. She said, I know it's not going to last, but I have to marry him. I love him. And so they got married, and she was right. <laughs> she was right. And you also had Joel Gray, young Joel Gray. Yeah. In your company. But I'm also, I'm really impressed here with your song list. You got to sing Sheldon Harnick's The Shape of Things. Right. Yeah. Vernon, you got to sing Vernon Duke, and you got to sing Strauss and Adams. That's a pretty good roster right there. The name Ben Bagley comes up a lot with our guests. Can you tell me a little bit about Ben? He's an eccentric guy. And it's amazing to me that he did what he did, really. Um, Got shows together and and um, he asked me if I knew of someone who could direct the show. And a, a, a friend of mine from college, Paul Lammers, directed it. And um, it was a success. It was very successful. Oh, it was, it was very, very successful. Speaking of successes, your next show, Three Penny Opera. Oh wow! I I am I mean this is amazing. This this is going to be one of the first big off Broadway musical hits, if not the first off Broadway musical hit. Um, so I got some questions for you about it. My first question is: is how did you um, did you audition for the piece, or did they just ask you to be a part of it? I 
did a version of Sri Penny Opera at Northwestern, but it was mm-hmm. a disc version. It was by someone in this country, mm-hmm. the uh, American version. And then when I, I found out from my friend uh, that he was playing Mr. Peachum, that they did not cast Mrs. Peachum. And um, so I got in touch with them. And I think I auditioned, but I told them that I did it at Northwestern University. And I, I, I don't know if I sang for them or not, but they wanted me. And I said, well, I, I, I have another commitment coming up. Uh, with uh, George Abbott, so I wouldn't be able to stay very long. But I would love, love, love to do it. And they said, we'll take you for the opening night and for a couple of weeks before you have to go into rehearsal with the other stuff. And a commitment to do the album. So I went and I did it. And... Um, I worked with uh, all these, you know, with what? What's her name? The famous. Oh, Lottie Lottie Lynn. Lottie yeah. Lynn. And uh, it was a. And 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 uh, what's her name? B. Arthur. Your cast is pretty impressive. Not only is it Lottie Lenya, it's uh, B. Arthur. Ed Asner played opposite you. No, no, uh, he didn't. Oh, oh, he didn't play opposite you. No, he came in later. He came in after. Uh, but Jerry Orbach was a part of it. The later, later. Oh, they were all the later folks. Were you there with Jerry Stiller? No. Everyone came later. Okay, so, but I mean, were you intimidated by having Lottie Lenny in the room? Not really. That's good. <laughs> That's a good thing. I would be intimidated. Um, and then I want to ask you about a play called The Beauty Part. Oh. With, it was, yeah, Burt Lahr, Alice Ghostly, Larry Hagman. Oh, yeah. I heard that this play was actually fantastic, but there was a newspaper strike going on at the time? Yeah, we got great reviews, fantastic reviews. But there was a newspaper strike. And so you guys just closed really early because of that? Yes, yes. It was so sad. It was such a brilliant cast. Oh, my God. I mean, these these are geniuses. I mean, what was it like sharing the stage with Burt Law? Well, the director told me when we were out of town, he said, you only have one scene with him. Give it to him. He said, give it to him. Um, which I've never heard a director tell anybody to do. <laughs> so I did. I turned my back to the audience and gave it to him. <laughs> and years later, when he was not well and on his way to God, you know, a friend of mine was in a movie where he had a small part, and 
said to him, you worked with Charlotte Ray. Oh, Charlotte Ray. Wonderful actor. Wonderful actress. <laughs> oh, what an honor. What a compliment. Yeah, yeah well, of course, because my back was turned to be all his. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, what he likes. Yeah, Bring him well. Yeah, but I mean, he was a brilliant, brilliant, but he was very cautious about other people moving on. No one should move. Even nothing, nothing. When wow. He was, he frightened the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. But not you. No. No good. Um, you did Pickwick, and you got your first Tony nomination out of that. Um, what was it like working with David Merrick? Well, I didn't have any problems with him except, uh, uh, and the, 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 most of the cast was from Britain, you know. Yeah. And uh, they were lovely, and they were thrilled to come to America. And uh, what an experience for them, you know. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, we all had a jolly good time. It was a long, long, it was like six months, though. And I had two children, and my my husband, John, insisted. He said, you must, you must do this show, because like uh, another show of... Uh, uh, from England, it'll be it'll be a big hit, and I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it, and I would fly home on the weekends whenever I could. And, you know, he insisted that I do it, but it, it was a long, long six months. You know, yeah, being home, but it's then, hard to yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, please. Hmm. I was going to say, it must be grueling to be involved in a project that you're not really that enthused about. Well, yeah. But you did it. You took the work, yeah. Um, you have an association with Joseph Papp um, in a couple of, doing the Shakespeare, not only the Shakespeare in the Park, but a couple of his other plays um, that, he, that he directed. I know Boom Boom Room was one of them. What was it like working with Joseph Papp? What was it like collaborating with Joseph Papp? Well, he was a wonderful producer. And it's incredible what he did for New York. Mm. With the park and with the theater, downtown, and everything. But he had a habit of hiring directors and then firing them before the opening and taking charge. And he was not a great director, but that's what he loved to do. And so you had to take the bitter with this week. Yeah. He did a lot of great stuff. Uh, he did indeed. Yeah. And he obviously liked you very much. Yeah. Let me ask you, what do you look for out of a director? What is your ideal director? Someone who gives you a chance to work before superimposing his vision. You know? 
give you a chance to to work in rehearsal and find your way. You know. If you don't mind my asking, who who was your favorite director? Oh, there were a lot of them. A lot of them. Oh my God. Uh, a lot of them. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> some of them are unknown. That's okay. Yeah, the guy who did uh, uh, "Come Back, Little Sheba." Mm. Uh, um, what else? Uh, lots of them. What do you think? You would point to and say this was your proudest moment on stage. This was the performance that you were the proudest of. I'm wondering if Boom Boom Room was one for you, um, or uh, Morning, Noon, and Night might have been one for you, or maybe your Comeback Little Sheba. Comeback Little Sheba was one, yeah. And uh, and uh, what was the one you just mentioned? Morning, Noon, and Night. Oh, yeah, Morning, Noon, and Night. And... Um, uh, another oh god, wait a minute, let me think. I I don't have my my book ahead of me. I wanted to ask you really quickly. You've worked with a couple of people whose names come up so often um, in our interviews, and I just wanted to get your impressions of them very quickly. Which is the first one is Vincent Gardenia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we played opposite each other in a couple of things. Very good actors. Very very good. What Great actor. Yeah, what did we do together? I forgot. You did the Chinese and Dr. Fish together. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was fun. Yeah. And then in Boom Boom Room, you have um, Charles Durning. Oh, I love Charles. I love working with him. Wonderful actor. Oh, God. An actor's actor? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And Madeline Kahn? Did you enjoy? Did you enjoy working with Madeline Kahn? I, I didn't have any scenes with her. But in the rehearsal room or anything like that, fine. But Charles Durning was the big one. Let me ask you a couple of last questions, then I'll let you go because I'm, I'm so appreciative of your time with us. Um, why the move to Los Angeles in the early seventies? My husband. My husband. I. He was doing uh, um, um, music for a lot of important movies, and a lot of them were in California. And uh, when I, I I came out here to do uh, Time of the Cuckoo, small part with um, oh, that wonderful actor who was opposite what's his name in in the uh, television series, the famous television series. Uh, Maureen Stapleton. Oh, Maureen Stapleton, yes. Yeah, and I played uh, a, a, a smaller part in that play uh, over here at the Amundsen Theater. They asked me to come from New York to do it. And um, so he came 
with uh, one of my boys during spring vacation, and he said, why don't we move here? And my other son was handicapped, and I, I said, I don't know. I'll look around and see if there's anything, uh, a good situation for my my other son. Otherwise, we can't go. And I found a, a good good place. And so, um, so we decided to move. Otherwise, we would have stayed in, in New York. But um, we did move to California, and and that changed our lives, didn't it? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. I must ask you, you know, your stage career was so versatile. You were doing comedy, you were doing drama, new plays, revival, Shakespeare, etc., um, when you were on a television series for so long and the series ended, did you find yourself being typecast or did you find yourself not being able to do as much theater work as you liked because people assumed that you would always be playing the character that you had played on television for so long? I don't know. I did, um, I love the play, um, the one that I mentioned. Uh, um, uh, Sheba? No. Uh, the, um, That's okay. No, no, it's not okay. I love it. I'm, I love, I'd love I'm, to do it now. I would love to do it. I'm going through my notes. Uh, I love doing this character, and I, I would love to do it more. Uh, and I'm of, of the age to do it. I could do it. Um you know, what's her name? The one, the one, she's, you know, it's a, it's a two character play. Oh, um, uh, the gin game. What? Uh, the gin game. Or. Although I did the gin game with you know, um, uh, six dance lessons in six weeks. Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy. I That's it. Love doing that. I love it, love it, love it. And you want to do it again? I would love to. I really we're put, would. We're putting the word out there, Charlotte, that you are available <laughs> and you want to do Driving Miss Daisy again. Yes, 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 yes. That's a wonderful play. It's a very little play, but it's got a big message. It's wonderful. It yeah. is. Yeah. I I love it too. Yeah. yeah and well, speaking, I, I, I'm sorry, I wasn't more informative. Are you no, Are you kidding me? This is so much wonderful information. And I want speaking of informative, really quickly, would you tell me about the facts of my life, your autobiography? What do you want to know? Uh, well, how did you decide to write an autobiography? No, no, my son is a writer. Yes, uh, he's written many wonderful books and uh and so and this is larry yeah larry he said you really ought to do your life you really should and i said well i'm not a writer i said and he said i'm a writer you tell me and i'll write and he he wrote it and it sounds just like me talking doesn't it Yes, it does. Not only is there a great book, there's also a great audio book as well. Mm, yeah. yeah. And we're, 
and we're going to be putting those links up for our uh, for our listeners, so that way they can they can actually purchase a copy of the book and read more about your fantastic life. One of the things you also talk about in the book, really quickly, is your your dealing with alcoholism. Oh, yeah. Do you mind? Do you mind if we talk about that very quickly, and then I promise I'll let you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, you are a survivor. At what point did you realize that you might have an issue with alcohol? Early on, um, I'm 45 years sober. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, uh, it was uh, not really part of my plan, and uh, I'm so glad that I was able to, you know, I think it was, you know, touring with those long tours, uh, being lonely, and uh, just kind of not wanting to go out a lot with everybody. And it was a terrible, terrible, terrible habit. And uh, I'm so glad that I found the program. And I, I still go to meetings because I go to women's meetings mostly, but I, I uh, sometimes I go to mixed meetings. But it's all very, very positive about life and about um, enjoying life and being um, uh, 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 sober to enjoy it. And it's wonderful. It's just terrific. And I admire anybody who takes the chance of uh, becoming sober and living a good, warm, wonderful, loving life with plenty of support from other people. Yeah. It's a wonderful, wonderful way to go. Well, that that's really wonderful. I thank you so much for sharing that, and I know, you know, our listeners also appreciate you spending the time and talking to us. And you know, I'm I'm so grateful to you, and I'm so grateful to Jim for setting this up. And you have been so helpful and have filled in so many holes for us. Um, I so appreciate it, and thank you for all the years of wonderful performances that you've given us. Well. Thank you for interviewing me. You were darling. I couldn't remember a lot. <laughs> That's okay. Charlotte, thank you so much. You have a wonderful day, okay? You too. Thank you. You Bye. take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good day, Mr. Thomas. Good day, Mr. Schneider. Well, it has happened. We finally hit over 100 iTunes reviews, and we'd like to thank each and every person who took the time to do so. Huzzah! Now, (laughs) we want to climb those charts even faster, and that is where you lovely folks who have not yet rated us come in. The process is very simple. On your podcast app, tap the search tab, enter our name behind the curtain, Broadway's Living Legends, tap the search key, Tap our beautiful logo, tap the reviews, tap write a review, then tap your way into our hearts. <laughs> tap your troubles away. It's nice, Rob. Once you are there, you can rate us from one star to five stars. Think of one star as Hervé V... <laughs> Rob, how do you say this name? Hervé Villechelle. Oh, dear God. I walked right into that one. <laughs> Think of one star as Hervé Villechelle and Ima Sumac in Sideshow and five stars as front row seats to the opening night of Gypsy. <laughs> But they kiss me. Yeah, they kiss me for the first time. I thought that was pretty good. We want to get good reviews, Rob. We want to get good reviews. Excuse me, Arthur Lawrence. <laughs> Excuse me for trying to liven up our commercial ads a little bit. Eight-minute-long commercial. I, it's an infomercial at you this could, point. 
<laughs> I'm going to be like that lady that sells you the copper pots. Look at this. You can put 400 pounds of manure in it, and it slides right out. Then you can make an omelet. You got another line, Kevin. You gotta, you gotta I'm waiting for you to say, plus you can leave your comment. Let oh, us know if you sorry, like what guests were like. Plus neck. you can leave a comment to let us know what you are liking, <laughs> what you're not liking at this point, mm-hmm. or what guests you'd like to hear next. So head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think of our little show. Speaking of little, I'll tell you a story about Charles Lawton later. Thanks, guys. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.